You're listening to How Real Estate Works, your one-stop shop for all things real estate. Whether you're looking to learn about real estate investing, buying your first house, growing as a real estate agent, and all things financial freedom related, we got you covered. With co-hosts Jesse Johnson and Matt Talent. to the How Real Estate Works podcast, episode 25. I'm your host, Matt Talent, and my co-host is Jesse Johnston. So today we're having on Ashley Kerr. You may know her from Wealth to Rentals or the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, the rookie um, Bigger Pockets podcast. So she has built her portfolio using the Burr Method. So I'm really excited to talk to her today, learn about the Burr Method. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, welcome, yeah. Ashley. I'm excited yeah, to learn about on. burrs, you know, yeah. Matt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I actually one... have on my Instagram, I did uh, in the movie, um, there's this old cheerleading movie where they do burr, it's cold in here. And they do this whole like cheers song and I change the words to go to real estate. I really? I yeah, have to go. So on, I'm going to go on your Instagram later and get a little <laughs> encouragement. Yeah. Um, Matt will tell you... Um, yeah, I just bought my, I, I have under contract my first Burr. Um, awesome. That's the interesting dynamic about this show is uh, everyone that comes on the show has more experience than I do when it comes to real estate investing. So um, I've been learning, you know, I've had what, we've had 20 episodes out so far and we have 20 episodes of learning. So um, yeah, but that's how you learn. Yeah. What a unique position you put yourself in. Like you're going to learn so much. Yeah. So, well, I'm ready to learn, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you want to start from the beginning, I guess? Yeah. Um, so like what led you to get started in real estate and why did you choose real estate to grow your net, like, net worth? Okay. Yeah. So I actually graduated from college with an accounting and finance degree. I had interned at a CPA firm they, I was so excited. Like I was ready to get my full offer. Like this is it. I'm making money. And then yep. I was very much disappointed and let down at what the actual offer was. And then every day since then I hated work. And so I had started full-time in September after I graduated. And by February in the middle of tax season, I put in my two weeks notice and I quit. So I was just going to, I told my husband, I said, I will get pregnant and I will be a stay-at-home mom. And he's like, go ahead, quit your job. <laughs> so that was my plan. That works. <laughs> and, I love it. Um, so I got pregnant. I had put my two weeks notice in and I found out a week into it that I was pregnant. And um, so then I was just ready to be a mom. And my husband, he owns a dairy farm. So um, he does that all day and every day. And my friend, I went on um, vacation with her and her family and I told them, you know, I, I announced my pregnancy to them. And after we came back from vacation, um, she said, you know, my dad really needs help. He owns um, a couple um, investment properties and owns a couple dealerships and all this other stuff. And I had grown up with them since I was two. So I kind of knew what the family business was. So I said, sure, uh, you know, I'll talk to him and so I sat down with him and he's like, I have this 40 unit apartment complex. I own it by myself and my brother, his property manager has been running it for me and my family's not happy and I just need someone to help me get organized and help me on special projects. He was acquiring another dealership, needed someone to help him with acquisition. And I had no experience in 
any of this at all. And they just thought, oh, we went to school for accounting and finance. Like, you can help. You know what to yeah. do. So I said yes, and it started out part-time. And it was I could work from home, make my own hours. It was wonderful. So it, my first day was April 1st. And before then, I had started, like, putting things in place, like getting – I got a cell phone to take tenant calls. And so right at – 7 a.m. April 1st, the first day I started as property manager, that phone rang and a guy said one of his electrical outlets wasn't working. I had no idea. I was like, I didn't even hire a maintenance person yet. So I mm -hmm. called my husband. I'm like, when you're done in the barn milking the hot cows, can you come and check out this guy's outlet for oh me? Oh my gosh. And that was like what the first week looked like. My husband was the maintenance guy and and I got into a routine. But I mean, there was a, a small office, no windows, no AC, and there was a desk with all of the keys just shoved in a drawer. There was a spreadsheet that had ruler marks on it to make a grid. And it was the tenant's name, the month, and then a check mark if they paid rent or not. So I spent like the next two years crying, staying up late at night, putting systems in place and like finding out about property management software. So after that, I took on another 40-unit uh, apartment complex that he ended up purchasing, and I became a lot more confident. Like, I know what I'm doing in property management, and I saw how he was building wealth and how, you know, he did nothing. Like, he mm -hmm. did nothing for these, and the, he was getting these, you know, big monthly checks, and I'm like, I want this. Yeah, it's a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I actually approached his son. And his son was in the, the auto dealership business with his father, but hadn't done any real estate investing. So I started talking to him about it. And we had been friends growing up. So that's when we decided to partner on our first deal. Nice. Yeah, and I love the start to your story because we kind of started out similar ways. I needed a job out of college. I got a job in finance. And I was like, wow, I'm in finance. I've made it. I'm going to make a million dollars. And what ended up happening, like everyone thinks when you work in finance, they're like, wow, you're making like $100,000 a year. And that's not true. Like most people in finance aren't making that much money. And you're sitting at a computer for 10 to 12 hours a day, especially during taxis and you're working weekends. And I was just like, I hate this. I was like six months in, I was like, I'm not an analytical person. And it wasn't for me. And then that's what really, I kind of like really got into real estate. And that's what led to my path into real estate too um, and led me to like becoming a realtor. So yeah, it kind of sounds like we both eventually found what we want to do full time. Um, and it's interesting. It sounds like you built, like it, it may have taken you a while to build those systems, but you built a ton of systems into your business that made your life easier for property management. So what were some of those systems that you built in that made your life a lot easier so you weren't working all the time? Yeah. So like the biggest thing was, so I had started when I was pregnant and then I had my son and like, I worked immediately after I delivered him. Like there was, I was doing this all by myself. There was no one that worked for me. There was nobody to train. I mean, I handled everything for this guy and there just wasn't anybody we could trust to handle all of that and kind of take it over for me while I was on maternity leave. So um, when I got pregnant, uh, two years later with my, my next child, I said, this is it. Like I cannot run myself ragged, you know, after having my baby. And 
So I started really looking into property management software. So I spent a lot of my pregnancy doing phone calls with property management software and like figuring out like, okay, what is going to work for us? And I actually started using um, Appfolio. That was the, the first software I used. So that would turn to me because at, at 80 units, I was doing 80 units of check deposits every single month. Just that would take me days to yeah. enter all in, stamp deposit only, write out the deposit slip or print it out and then take it to the bank. So um, that was just a huge game changer was actually transitioning to, you know, tenants paying online, um, you know, just having everything in that software. They could sign leases um, electronically. We could list apartments online for rent just through one click. And um, that was the biggest game changer for that. But building that property management company and eventually, you know, I hired his daughter to work for me part time. Uh, we took on some maintenance people. We built it into a nice property management company that managed um, his 80 unit residential units and then um, he also had about 12 commercial units too that we managed so i pretty much took that and i i made my own property management company to manage my own properties too i just did it on a smaller scale so i used buildium for that and it's a lot uh -huh. of it's more user friendly for someone who has fewer properties like buildium has a, i think a 200 dollars minimum fee a month so it only makes sense if you have you know, maybe even 50 plus units to put into their software. And then yeah. a, a couple other apps that I used for my set of things was Google Voice. So I connected a Google Voice to my phone so that tenants would call the Google Voice number instead of like calling my cell phone and they could leave messages there. They could text me through that. Um, that was that was a big help too. That's awesome. Yeah. And I want to revisit like your property management, but I also want to talk about like, what was that first deal you got like, and kind of how did you scale from one deal to where you're at today? Yeah. So when I, my boss, his son, when I approached him, I knew that he had money, like he had a big, huge lump sum saved. So I had watched the investor that I worked for. I had watched him take equity out of other properties and use that cash to buy more properties. So my home, the only way I thought you could buy property was with cash. I didn't know that you could go to a bank and get a, you know, an loan on an investment property, put some money down. And so I was like, well, I need someone with money. And so we bought a, a duplex for around $74,000. It was the first property we looked at and um, the downstairs was rented and the upstairs um, needed some updates to it. We did new cabinets paint, um, new countertops, and then new flooring in the kitchen. So it wasn't a, a huge task for us to take on. And my partner, his uh, roommate at the time, had some construction skills, and he actually gave his uh, roommate free rent in his house for several months, and his friend did all of the, the labor for us of, it, of doing the, the rehab for us. And so we had paid cash for that property. Well, then he decided, my partner, he's like, I want to do this again. And he went and got a line of credit on his primary residence. And we used that to buy our, our second property. Well, then we started learning about, you know, using loans from banks <laughs> for rental properties. And we uh, got a portfolio loan where um, the two properties were on one loan. So we had one payment every month. And it was just kind of like an umbrella loan. And then that's, we used that cash to purchase our third property. 
and then it just kind of kept snowballing from there. Nice. So you went straight to the portfolio lender instead of using like your 10 loans, like most people do, and then they go to the portfolio lender. So was there any incentive? Like I know portfolio lenders usually have higher rates, but was there anything like any reason you guys went straight to them? So it was all about the investor I worked for, my partner's dad. So he did commercial loans on all of his properties. And I was at that time, I was the one actually doing those loans for him. So mm -hmm. I had a really great connection because I would send the loan officer everything. I would handle everything except for the actual signing um, of those loans. So I knew the loan officer really well and I talked to him and he told me what he could offer. We also did um, an LLC for a partnership because this is what his dad had done. And so yeah. we um, couldn't get the residential financing. Eventually I did find um, a bank that did um, residential financing with a long fixed term for an LLC, but the rate was like way, it was like 7.375% oh, and wow. like you could go and get a commercial loan for 4%. Yeah. So um, we, I did that for a very short term before I refinanced out, but that, that's why we didn't do the residential because we had a, um, a partnership, an LLC. Got it. I like it. So uh, I'm hearing a lot of uh, alignment with what I'm doing because I've learned a lot of lessons from this podcast. That's why people should listen. Um, <laughs> but you started with a partnership. Why, why start with a partnership? Why not just do it on your own? You, you built all these systems. Tell me, well, tell me why. Yeah. So the first thing was, is that I, yeah, I, I thought that I needed a ton of money and I didn't have that. The second thing was I was afraid. I was like, what if something really bad happens? Mm -hmm, what sure. if, like one of the biggest thing was we get sued. Another thing was like the house falls down, you know, or something breaks and we can't fix it or afford to fix it. So yeah. I also, my husband has been very supportive, but I also didn't want to say, Hey, I'm taking our life savings and I'm, responsible for them and I'm investing them into this house. Uh, so that was really the reasons why I took on a partner and my, but the biggest thing was the fear. I was scared and I knew my partner had, you know, extra money on top of what we were putting into the house. Um, I knew that I did have some savings that if we needed to use that we could, which we ended up using my money for the rehab. And then I also knew that in anything, his dad would help us. So like that, yeah. was a, that was a safety net for me. And that was like a really took a, a huge fear away from me was knowing that knowing that I had someone else to lean on. And if something bad happened, it would, you know, we both would take care of that together. And it wasn't yeah. just me alone. Yeah, uh, Matt, remember, we had Eric and Nikki Hensley on and they talked about like, you know, finding a partner to do your first couple of deals. And that's a yeah. good way to get over the hump. Um, like, I'm sensing that that's a, that's a way a lot of people get started. Um, but like, so are you still partnering with the same partners on your current deals? Yeah. So, so that's amazing. Partner, we still, and you know, what's really funny is like, he would said, like, I have my system in place. I know what I'm doing. Like he does nothing. Like he can't even mm -hmm. tell you the addresses of our property. As it <laughs> yeah. should be. Like, as, it, as it should be. <laughs> I could have done this on my own, but like looking yeah. back, I it would have taken me a lot longer just to like get over that fear, get over that hurdle. So mm -hmm. I don't regret it. And what we actually did was, and we still do this now, whatever money he puts into the deal. So he owns 50-50 of anything we buy. He gets 50 of the cash flow. But we also, any money he puts in, he is technically like a mortgage holder. He has a note. So we pay him principal and interest back. So like at the first house we purchased, 
we did a 15-year term and we did it so that he was paid five and a half percent on his money and he was paid, you know, paid so much money every single month. And then when we bought the second property, we just turned that one loan and added the new money onto it and, you know, amortized it again. And so he- well, It he, sounds like a good deal for everyone though, right? Like- Yeah. yeah. I mean, people say like, that's crazy. He gets 50% of the cash flow. He's not doing anything and he's getting mm -hmm. a 5.5% on his investment. But I never would have gotten started without him. And sure. even now, like he still has cash available where if there's a, a property where, you know, I don't have anything available right now or another partner doesn't, like he's the one that's like ready to go. And he makes it very easy because he lets me do everything and control everything, which yeah. I like. So, um, so in doing a little bit of research, we, we learned that, you know, when you were getting started investing that there was, you know, there was some, you know, some debt that you had to pay down and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine having the partner also helped with that as well. Um, uh, but what, so what do you, how do you advise people who do have like student loans and things like that, uh, as far as getting started in investing in real estate? Yeah. So I would say like, first of all, get rid of any credit card debt. Like any really high interest debt, get rid of that first before you even think about investing. And then, um, so like with us, I had started investing and I probably had maybe six or eight uh, rental units at the time that I found Dave Ramsey. And I devoured his money makeover book and I said to my husband, I was like, this is what I want to do. And it, it took him more time to get on board with that than it did like him, me take you know, investing in rental properties, but he finally got on board. And so I took everything I made for a year and a half from my investment properties, any extra money we had from the farm income and money from my W2. And we dumped it into our loans and we paid off my um, student loans first. Um, at this time, I was still buying properties because I wasn't putting any of my own money into deals. So, you know, whether that was using a partner or um, we had gotten a line of credit um, on one of our investment properties and was using that to pay in cash and then go refinance. So, but any extra money we had, we just paid it all off. And once we did, like, it was just such a, like, it felt like a relief off of our shoulders. Like the only debt we have is our primary residence, which isn't that much compared to the value of it. And then uh, the mortgages on our rental properties, but those are paid by our tenants. That's not coming out of any money that we're, we're making right now. And we didn't feel like responsible for that. Right. Debt. So that was like a huge mindset thing too, is like, even though like our auto loans were probably, you know, like 3% and mm -hmm. we had um, some, uh, my husband had farm equipment that we had debt on and those were like two percentage i think one was 1.99 percent yeah like, wow. but we wanted to get those paid off and like so now we own his farm free and clear we you know our cars are free and clear and i think to me it just in more like it just feels good not having that those debt payments every month and, and weighing on us and yeah, it, i think oh, i think a yeah. lot more cash flow too from our our main jobs that we weren't putting towards these debt payments to actually start saving and investing. Like we built up a really, really nice reserve and we've been investing more in our retirements and yeah. stuff like that. 
I was listening to uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer the other day and he taught, I mean, you guys may not even know who he is, but uh, he, uh, he says like simplify your life, like make the, the things that you have to concern yourself with the concerns of your life, number one and two, not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10. Right. Um, and that's, that's what that to me is what debt paying off debt really is. It's, mm -hmm. it's finding a way to simplify, yeah. um, you know, you know, you, it also gives you lots of options too. Meaning if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to, to sell all your properties and move somewhere else and get into a different business, you right. know, it certainly makes it a lot easier. So that, that's, and just uh, like your, your debt to income drops. Yes. Too. Like you're not having those high car payments every month. So that was like huge for us too. So right now we're actually, for the first time we're doing an out of state deal and we're buying it as a, a second residency and we're going to have it as a vacation home that we can do a short-term rental with. But like two years ago, if we would have went to go and do this, like, whoa, no, you have like way too much personal debt. You can't buy a, another house and sure. have another mortgage payment. And so like it just it will provide you a lot more opportunities because when they they see the debt from especially the the properties that we have a commercial mortgage on that are in the LLCs, like they don't even consider that into yeah. our debt to income ratio at all. So it just, it makes us look a lot better on paper too for a bank. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love the, the Airbnb idea. Um, I know like your co-host is like totally into it, like Tony. Um, I think I'm partnering with him on this. Nice. Table. So yeah, he's helping me through it and he found it and yeah. I like that's it. Awesome. I, I'm so, a part, I'm a partner person myself. So every yeah. time you say partner, I, I love yeah, sharing, yeah. sharing the, sharing the wealth and sharing the risk. Yeah. So when you buy one of those, is that like you said, second residency? So are you buying that as like a personal residence or are you buying it as like a 15% down single family investment type of thing? So I'm doing it as a second residence um, at 10% down. Oh, nice. I think my, my interest rate is 2.74%, which is even lower than my wow. residence. That's not terrible. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, what are, you are you coming to Pennsylvania though? I don't know. Is it really low there? The interest rate? I don't know. No, I'm just saying. Oh, I want to make oh. sure you're not, you know, coming into our neck of the woods. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't want, we don't need any more competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not yet. So, Actually, I do have a friend in Erie that invests there. That's far okay, away. Nice. Okay, nice. Okay. You can have that. <laughs> so what do you have to do to make it like your second residence? It can just be like a vacation home and you can call it a second residence or is there some like stipulation yeah, so you have to go to the property so many times a year. Like you okay. have to occupy it in vacation there so many times a year. And then the oh, rest nice. of the time you can um, rent it out as a short-term rental. So actually where we're buying is in Joshua Tree, California. Nice. So it's like I'm in the, the two worst states, I feel like. It's California and New York for investing, but somehow mm -hmm. I make it work. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you can make it work there, you can make yeah, it work yeah. anywhere. I'll add one caveat to your explanation of getting financing as a second home. It usually has to be in a vacation destination. Yeah. Uh, banks will see through like if you're if you own a house in our world, let's just say you own a house in Philadelphia and you want to buy a second home in Chester County, they're probably not going to fall for that. Right. Like, like uh, if they're too close together, you can't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you if you had a home again, if you had a home in Philadelphia and you were buying a vacation home in the Poconos that would fly. Or if you were buying a vacation home in Ocean City, New Jersey, that would fly. Uh, so yeah, so that is actually one of the caveats. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, Matt, with our when... lender too, we had to write a letter, my husband and I like mm -hmm. stating why we wanted to, to purchase this property as a second residence too. That's awesome. Let's hope they did. Did, yeah. did you fund the loan yet on that? <laughs> when does that fund? When, uh, when, when do you close? Two weeks. Two, all right, Matt, we can't post this podcast <laughs> for four weeks. Well, we are going to go visit oh, there. I mean, we are going to follow the rules. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. Just, 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 the, just, it will be the off season date. I, like I'm just saying like nobody wants to go there. Yeah. We don't want to blow up your game. So yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just pull this one off for a few weeks, Matt. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's the best stipulation that there could be. You have to go vacation a bunch of times a year. So Right, exactly. And like, it's going to be paid for, like, we won't have to pay anything for yeah. this property because it's going to be rented out part of the year. And um, we, I mean, we'll pay for our flights and that's awesome. That's it. Yeah. Wow. So now and, I'm like gun ho, like, okay, where else? And like the reason we did pick this is because Tony, my co-host, like he invests there already, which they have a second residence there. And then he's bought some investment property there. Um, so like, that's why we picked it because we knew it would be a good market and we could get renters there when we weren't there. And just, we like California in general, but um, to vacation and, but now it's like, okay, what about like mountain place? And then we do, do we need a beach place? Yeah, like, right. Just buy guess, up all of them. And like, I knew that this was a strategy, I guess, but I didn't realize like all, how the whole strategy worked. Like as it's only 10% down, like you can get that low interest rate. So Tony, he has one in Joshua Tree. He has um, an investment or a, a second home in um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. In the you caught Mountain. yourself there. So, He's got a second home. In Gatlinburg. They <laughs> <I> say investment. <laughs> we really can't air this show for four weeks, Matt. <laughs> Keep pushing it out more and more. Well, if you no, check but, his Instagram, you'll see that he was just there vacationing there. Many, many people, um, many people have second homes that are uh, also leased when they're not there. So yeah. I'm just teasing, uh, which yeah. is my job on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I would not so buy a second home unless I could rent it out because I. I wouldn't want to pay for it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the idea, like, keep up, like, you guys buy one vacation there a few times a year, and then after a year, that stipulation's gone, and then you buy another and call it a second home or a third home? You know, I don't even know what the, if, like, it even lasts a year or if it's, like, longer than a year. It might be longer okay. than a year that you have to do that. But um, I, as far as I know that um, – you can buy, you don't have to even 